Last week, we talked about dealing with your feelings, and as you'll see on the next one, we discussed that emotional health is important. It's important for a balanced life, a meaningful life. It's important to help respond to other people and their emotions, to deal with their emotions. Emotions, dealing with your emotional health is important for people skills, something kind of required in society. Um, It's also important for relationships, your friendships, dating, marriage. If you can't be open and vulnerable in a relationship. It's not going to go as deep. It'll be shallow. Um, and we also talked about how emotions are important because it removes loneliness. Um, so if you ever feel alone, if, you, if you're not managing your emotions well, um, what happens when you do ma- manage them well is it helps remove some of that loneliness out of your life. So we talked a little bit about that. And then uh, as we see here, Jesus wants us to be emotionally well, healthy, um, good. You know, he talked about, uh, you know, he, 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 in a very emotional moment with his disciples, he was sharing lots of things from his heart. And at the very end, he's like, look, I've told you all of this so that you will have peace. He doesn't want us to live in chaotic emotions all of our life. He wants to have peace. He wants us to experience emotions to their fullest, but not in a negative sense. And so uh, Jesus wants us to be emotionally healthy. Um, and so we talked about two things. Emotional health, it starts with expressing, being able to express uh, your emotions. Um, it's, God didn't give you emotions to bottle them up, to keep them to yourselves, to blow up on anybody. No, he wants you to properly express your emotions. So we talked about being open, being vulnerable, building a emotional vocabulary. And we'll see that wheel that y'all are talking about again here in a minute. Um, but to talk it out with people and with God. And so I want to do a little activity. I gave y'all homework last week and I don't know if y'all did it, just trying to become more aware of the emotions that you have. But in your head, don't say it out loud, what are you feeling either now or what have you felt throughout today? Just kind of identify that in your head real quick because what have you been feeling? And here's this wheel. Um, you can, don't try, try to stay away from the center six. Um, you know, glad and, or happy or whatever it is. Joy, love, fear, anger, sadness, surprise. Those are great. Those are all good uh, uh, emotions. But uh, man, try to be specific. Were you hurt? Were you anxious? Were you aggravated? Were you angry? Were you wrathful? Were you helpless? You know, just think about your emotions today. Just for a second. And so now with that in mind, you, you're, you're doing it in your head, not with the group. This isn't a group exercise. Um, anyway, so uh, that, that's one of the, the important keys to dealing with emotions is... Being able to express properly your emotions. The other one was being able to respond. Being able to respond with empathy. Um, And what empathy means, if you weren't here, it means connecting with somebody and their emotions on a level where you feel it too. Sympathy is being able to identify that emotion in somebody else. Empathy is being able to actually feel it as well, to connect with it. And from that state, from an empathetic state, not a pathetic state, that's what you are when you say you don't have emotions or whatever, it's pathetic. But from empathetic, when you're showing empathy, then you're in a place to respond, to actually do something to help that person. And we talked about there's two ways to respond to any given emotion. You have positive emotions and negative emotions. All emotions fall under those two two categories. And so when you have these two, there's only two ways to respond. You can respond with rejoicing or you can respond with mourning, as you see on the screen. Um, 
that, that when somebody comes up and they're angry, okay, they're angry, they're upset about something, they're hurt about something. I can identify with that and I can respond in a similar manner. Um, and now, now that I know I connect with that, man, I know I can do something with that. And that's what we're kind of kind of do throughout this whole series is, okay, how do you actually physically respond? I've connected, that's great, but what do I need to do with that? Um, and we'll talk about that. So we're going to do a little activity with this. Um, with, with that example, um, is this morning, your, your goal here is to empathize with me. This morning, I woke up late. So there's something. Just empathize with me. I already explained what that meant, so y'all got this. I believe in y'all. So in your head, empathize in your head. Um, I, I woke up late, and I was like, man, I really got to get my sermon done. I got lots of stuff to do. So I finally got up, um, started work. And then I was like, oh, I have two bills due. So one's a toll tag, so I log on, pay the bill. There goes 30 bucks. Um, I was like, that's sad. And then I was like, oh, yeah, and I have another bill that's over $200, so closer to 300 and it's Suddenlink. And if you know anything about Suddenlink, nobody in the world likes Suddenlink because they're just mean. So anyway, so <laughs> Suddenlink, um, I'm like, okay, I got to pay this bill. So I log on the website, and nothing wants to work on the website. Their website's just garbage. Um, hopefully this doesn't go out in the public. This is, by the way, I started a podcast for all this, so if you ever miss, you can look up our Genuine Youth Ministries podcast. I'll probably delete the Sunlink thing. But anyway, um, no, anyway, um, so I, I'm logging on. It doesn't work, and so fine, I'll call. And then when you call uh, this place, you just get this endless robotic menu. Hey, press one. If you press two, press, okay, beep. Press one, press two, beep. Press one, like, it's just endless. You never talk to a person. So I gave up on that. And I finally went to the store. They heard half of what I needed. I told them the whole story, and they only fixed half of it. And they said I had to call for the other half. And I'm like, but I don't want to talk to a robot. And so uh, that was my morning. What was I feeling this morning? This is your chance to respond. I felt really good. What was I feeling? (laughs) Annoyed. Stressful, frustrated, frustrated. Zeal. zeal. Yeah, I was zeal about getting something done. What? Can I see the will? Oh, the wheel. Uh, yeah, there it is. So, what was I feeling? Disillusioned. Guilty. Uh, not so much. <laughs> so, there's lots of feelings. So I was very sad as soon as I realized I paid three hundred dollars this morning. So you can take it down. You can take it down. So now that you've empathized or at least attempted to empathize, what do you do with that? In, in, in a very short sense, I was hurt because I had to sacrifice my own money for stuff I didn't really want to pay that much money for. Um, and so what do you do with that? That's kind of what we're talking about today. We have this emotional cup. Um, you know, painful emotions, they're inevitable. You know, Thanos, he, he always talked about how I'm in, inevitable. And then it didn't work the last time he said that. But anyway, I, I think about that um, with emotions because they're going to happen. It's not an if emotions are, it's a, it's a win. Painful emotions are going to come. And painful, painful emotions are going to hit you. And they're going to affect you. Um, we live in a fallen world. We're surrounded by fallen people. We are fallen ourselves. And so this world is going to be full of painful emotions. It's going to happen. 
and painful emotions, unless you properly deal with them, they stay with you. They grow. They accumulate. They, they build on top of one another. They work together against you if you don't take care of your painful emotions they can grow into things and spill over and affect every area of your life and that's why we mentioned last week that emotions that are buried are buried alive because when you bury them and try to hide them or ignore them then they're clawing to get out and someday they will and at that point you won't have control over them and so here's a picture of this emotional cup we're talking about um, we're going to go through each of these and then we're going to hit anxiety and depression separately um, because I'll explain what those are in a minute. But we're going to hit hurt, anger, fear, guilt, condemnation, and stress. This cup kind of represents your emotional uh, levels, your emotional capacity. Um, and as these painful emotions fill up, your capacity is getting less and less um, until it's full and then something happens here. Um, so I, I kind of want to show you with a little picture, a little illustration here. This is your emotional cup. I have these pink things here so you can see it better, kind of, and then hide all this stuff. So painful emotions happen. We start with hurt. Hurt is at the base of the cup because every single other painful emotion starts with hurt. This is always the initial emotion, or, or almost always. I guess there's always exceptions. But so, so you got hurt in your cup here. And then uh, we have anger. You know, something bad happened to you, emotional anger fills your cup. And then you got uh, fear. So anger is kind of a, a past thing. Something happened and I'm angry about it. Fear is a future-oriented thing. Something hurt you and so now you're afraid of something that's going to happen or could happen. The boogeyman, um, because the boogeyman attacked you once or something like that. Guilt. Guilt isn't supposed to be a bad emotion. God created guilt. Um, but God never intended it for it to stay in your cup. So, you know, you have guilt in your life. And then you have condemnation, which is the, the we'll talk more about it, but it pretty much condemns you. It says that you're not worth it. It, it attacks your value and who, your identity and who you are. And so all of a sudden, this fills your emotional cup as well until it starts getting pretty full. And if you're not dealing with your emotions, what happens is, is when different things start building up, whether it's stress or any of these others, you get this spillage and it starts spilling out everywhere and affecting every different area of your life. Um, and so uh, this, this next picture of the symptoms, uh, the symptoms here, if you don't take care of your emotions, these emotions right here, these painful emotions, these things are what start pouring out. This is the spillage. I know it's really small, um, so I'm going to read some of them to you. But when you don't take care of your emotions, you can end up with addictions, sleep disturbances, physical, actual health issues, headaches, stomach aches, things like that, low self-esteem, self um, uncontrolled temper that can grow into abuse, um, apathy, you just don't care about anything, bitterness, depression, anxiety, um, all sorts of things can grow out of just not dealing with your emotions. Again, this is why it's so important um, to deal with them because this stuff, it's a reality. These symptoms are a reality of what can happen when you're not taking care of your emotions. And so when these emotions just sit in your cup, um, we suffer emotionally, we're miserable, um, we, we, we are unable to feel positive emotions. It feels like we have to put on masks everywhere we go because, man, we're supposed to be happy at church and we're supposed to love Jesus, but I'm dealing with this stuff back here. Um, 
uh, when we don't uh, take care of these emotions in our cups, uh, the spillage happens and it affects all of your relationships. Um, and, and just for a small example, when one person in a room has a bad mood, it can easily, easily be contagious. And so just imagine if you're dealing with all of this and you're just trying to build up relationships and it's going to spill over and it's going to affect those around you and it goes everywhere you go. So if the enemy... If Satan can keep us angry and upset about our past and about uh, and anxious about the future, then he, he robs us of present abundance, of being able to experience the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, etc. When we allow our emotions to take control of our lives, man, we lose out on those kind of things. And so what God wants for us is to take these painful emotions and empty them out of our cup. And for them not to stay in our cup. Because that's not how he created us. He wants us to get rid of the painful things. And when we do, well, for one, we stop experiencing as much pain in our life. And of course, man, it's, it's kind of a back and forth game. Because again, life is full of hurt and it's full of pain. Um, but if you get better at a managing, managing your emotions, it'll do this. And you can you know, dodge it or something. I don't know. Oh, sorry, guys. Don't worry, there weren't many down there. Anyway, I'm just kidding. So, no, no, God's desire is for us to fill up on positive emotions, not these negative emotions. Watch closely, because this is where it gets really good. Negative emotions, God wants us to fill up on positive emotions. Don't worry, I'll, I'll drink it. This is how God wants us to fill up our lives, with positive emotions, the 23 flavors of God's goodness. I think that's how that works, right? So, anyway. I don't know. <laughs> it's manna, I'm pretty sure. So, anyway. God wants the good emotions, the goodness of who he is, to pour into our life and spill out from there. I didn't want to spill Dr. Pepper because... That's, that's the dangerous thing right there. But uh, that's how God wants it, is, is for um, the, the goodness that he fills us up with to spill over and affect all of our relationships, but in positive ways. And so we're talking about hurt. Um, this is where maybe you want to write things on your paper if you want. But hurt, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, there's nothing you can do about it, but hurt is going to happen. Hurt also comes from various sources. Um, from your friends, from your family, from your enemies, from your school, from your workers. There's an endless list and endless possibilities on where hurt can come from. Um, hurt can also take many forms. Disappointed, embarrassed, offended, betrayed, frustrated, abandoned, sad, experiencing loss. All of those things are hurt. What hurts, hurts. Um, but when you're hurt, you're hurt. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, we want to grow our vocabulary of what our hurts are because it helps us identify how to fix them. Um, but when you're hurt, you're hurt. And all these things can, can take different forms, but it's still just hurt. Hurt can also happen in different sizes. You know, I can uh, get a paper cut. That hurts. That can break my arm. That hurts a little bit more. Uh, have you broken your arm? Yeah, it's no fun. I broke it twice. Only one of them hurt. Yeah. I'm not getting into that. So anyway, um, you almost had me there. You almost had me. But there's different sizes of hurt. There's some things that just won't bother you as much. Um, if somebody attacks you and you're just uh, like your character or whatever, and you're like, I'm solid in who I am. I'm not worried about that. 
Um, but if somebody attacks Stormy, oh, that hurts because now I'm angry. That hurt me that she has the, you know, things like that. Um, there's different sizes of hurts. But it's kind of important to remember not to dismiss any hurt, even if it's small, because even the small hurts build up. They eventually start becoming uh, some of those symptoms that we talked about earlier, spilling over into our lives. And so we want to take care of all the hurts in our lives. Um, so uh, we all have different areas that hurt more or less. Um, as this next one says, we have different unique areas of vulnerability or sensitivity. In, in other words, we have these emotional so- soft spots in our lives um, that hurt worse when they're poked. Um, and everybody has different ones. And so we need to remember that. Maybe we need to remember to guard some of our emotional soft spots um, a little bit better. Uh, but we also need to learn to be uh, kind and sensitive to other people because we don't know what their emotional soft spots are. And we don't want to hit those. That's why we want to encourage people, build people up and not tear down, as Scripture says. And then another thing is hurt is almost always the base of all other painful emotions in the cup. Everything stems from being hurt somehow. And so if you're angry or you're stressed out or what, you want to try to dig in on, on why you're hurt. Um, you know, because everything uh, affects, like it all comes back to the hurt. Though we get angry or though we're afraid, um, it's likely a hurt that has happened before uh, in your life. That it, it came first, even though you didn't express it. Anger is a good example because when we get angry, we're just angry all of a sudden but under that there's hurt somewhere and we didn't even notice it we just got angry it's so fast um and so that's why understanding hurt and its antidote is so important and so regardless of the hurt how wide how deep um or what form or what origin the antidote for hurt is always the same and i'm going to talk about what that antidote is in a minute but i want to talk about the source of the antidote first the antidote, antidote for hurt is something that God has put in all of us. He created us in his image, and he created us with this ability to, man, give this antidote to others or to receive it ourselves. Um, to say, The same way he gave us the ability to have joy and hope and to spread that to others, he also gave us this antidote. Um, and so we have the ability to bring it to those who are hurting. But there is a source, and the whole idea is, you want to be as close to the source as possible of this antidote um, because the source is going to give it to you in the most cleanest, best. Like you don't want a COVID vaccine that I had got a hold of first and kept in my drawer for weeks and maybe c- c- confused it with some of my other drug paraphernalia. Just kidding. It's a joke. Um, like you, yeah, we're not, we're not getting to that. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, you want, you want to get to, close to this source. You want the cleanest version of this antidote as possible. Um, and so before I share the antidote, again, the source, the source is Jesus. It's important to know that Jesus experienced every kind of pain, every kind of hurt of all dimensions. Um, he experienced physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, uh, mental pain, I'm sure, whatever other kind of relational pain. Um, I don't know what other there are but of all the all the dimensions jesus went through regardless of circumstance jesus experienced pain that identifies with the same pains that we experience 
That's why here in Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things just as we are, yet without sin. We look at this verse and we usually talk about, well, Jesus, you know, he, re- he, uh, he, he rejected and he um, came out and endured um, sin, temptation against, you know, looking at porn or, or cheating on somebody or stealing or any of those things. We, we think about that. Yes, Jesus did stay away from these pleasurable sins and temptations, but he also stayed away from these temptations of escaping, of finding relief through avenues that always lead to further pain. And so Jesus, just like us, experienced all sorts of pain. And, and because of that, he identifies, he knows, he understands where we're at with that. Um, it, it doesn't matter what it was, because from every heartbreaking, backbreaking, faith-breaking moment, Jesus experienced them, every single one of them, and endured. You got something? Did he get rejected by He probably did. Lots of people turned him away. But I don't think it was like, hey, will you date me? Um, because he was better than that. <laughs> he was on a mission, and he wasn't distracted by it. All right, anyway, uh, one, one thing that I, I realized when I was going through this is I don't think Jesus is ever like looking at us and being like, how dare you? I taught you better. You shouldn't be struggling with that. Like, I taught you better. Shame on you. That's not what Jesus is doing. That's not what he does. If anything, he's looking at us saying, look, I understand. I understand that hurt that you're feeling, that pain that you're experiencing. I understand. I get it. See, he empathizes with us because he loves us too much to leave us where we're at. Um, And so he offers a healing solution to our pain, an alternative to these false uh, uh, solutions that we chase that always just bring more and more pain into our life that we typically pursue. He wants to give us a pure uh, uh, form of relief, not a false one. And in one simple phrase, Jesus addressed hurt and this antidote for it. You know, Jesus was, uh, this is called the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus was talking to a bunch of people, telling them that under this kingdom, under uh, his authority, things are different now. And what was once uh, uh, just terrible, well, there's going to be blessings around it. What you experienced, um, whether it was loss or weeping or whatever, something was changing. Here's one of them. Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning, mourn, is just a word, if you break it down, it just means wailing, crying out. Blessed are those who are hurting, is what it means. And the reason they are blessed, the reason they get this blessing um, and and feel-good experience thrown at them, is because of what comes after mourning, comfort. Blessed are those who are hurting, because they will be comforted. Jesus starts painting a picture here, because comfort is that antidote. Jesus starts sharing that, look, it's going to be okay because under my kingdom, man, we're, we're giving out comfort. And it's going to help you with your hurting. And things are gonna, you're going to feel blessed afterward. You're going to be walking in that, that blessed assurance. 2 Corinthians, this next verse kind of shows us, um, I think it's in that, yeah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our affliction, 
all of our affliction, every single bit of our affliction, our hurts, our pains, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter where it is, doesn't matter what circumstance, he com- we will be able to comfort anybody in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort as well. See, this passage reminds us in the same way that we're connected with Jesus, the same pain and experiences that we can identify that he had or that he can identify with us in, um, that same connection is also there for comfort. We're connected to this gift called comfort. Not just a little bit, but abundantly. That means it's, it's accessible, he's giving it away freely, and it's a never-ending bucket of comfort. My Dr. Pepper will run out because I'll drink it all. Oh, no, this fell over. I got just, oh, it's wet, that's why. <laughs> anyway, uh, my Dr. Pepper will run out, but his comfort never will. So this passage reminds us of that. And it, do you remember Jesus' desire for us? Peace. Peace. He, you know, again, he was saying that I've said all these things to you so that you may have peace. Yes, you're going to have hurt and pain in this world, but I've overcome this world. Things are different. Things are, are, have changed. The equation of bad plus good is, is it's just going to be good regardless. No matter what you add into it, his comfort's there and he's going to bring good out of it. So peace is what he wants for you, and peace is brought on by comfort. So if the base of all these painful emotions is hurt, um, then that's where we should always start. When you're experiencing a painful emotion, as hard as it might be, you need to dig into that wound and find what hurts, why it's hurting. Um, And so that's kind of the next thing is how do we deal with hurt? How do we deal with hurt, with our own hurt? And the answer is comfort comfort because remember that's the antidote that's the antidote but there's a couple ways that we can do this first of all first of all learn to recognize when you're hurt the same thing when you're feeling emotions just becoming aware of your emotions is so important but just like hurt man learn to recognize it yes i'm angry but carson said there has to be hurt under this so let me look for it Yes, I'm dealing with this, but Carson said there had to, and, and what I say is great um, and all. Um, I'm just kidding. But look for the hurt in your life. You know, don't just ignore it. Don't just try to cover it up. Check it out. Learn to look for it. Because hurt may be the initial emotion we experience, but it's not always the first emotion we express. So instead of I'm angry, I'm hurt, which makes me angry examine yourself and you also might want to recognize that that you're hurt you might not be able to recognize your hurt because sometimes we think it's a sign of weakness that i shouldn't be hurt or i'm too spiritually mature to be hurt by that um and that's just a lie from from satan himself is is he's trying to get us to close ourselves off to fight our battles by ourselves and know what god wants us to do is to come out to accept it to recognize that there's this pain and this this hurt that is that is there and to do something with it hurt is real it's common it happens to us all multiple times a day and so learn to recognize when you are hurt i'm having trouble here with my uh, little microphone the next one is share your hurt share your hurt with god Share your hurt with others. 
Again, we were never meant to keep our emotions to ourselves, to keep our hurt to ourselves. Now, again, you want to properly share it. You don't want to explode on somebody or wear your emotions on your sleeve is a saying out there. That just means dumping your emotions everywhere you go. Uh, No, you want to properly share your hurt with God and others. That means don't stuff it. Don't bottle it up. Don't ignore it. Don't try to cover it up. Don't minimize it. Don't try to be like, oh, it's, it's not that big a deal. Don't, don't magnify it. Um, don't try to make it a bigger deal than what it is. But just be honest about what you're hurting with. Be honest. Share your hurt, not your anger. Share your hurt, not your stress. Share your hurt. Don't try to pass guilt onto somebody else. But just be honest. You know, Develop that emotional vocabulary. Be willing to talk to somebody about, man, your, your hurt, your emotions, truthfully in love. And so we, we want to learn to recognize when we're hurt, to share our hurt, um, but also just to receive the antidote, to receive comfort. You know, we can follow this list. You know, I've recognized it and I've shared it and things are great. But some, sometimes we don't heal from our hurts and our pains because we never truly received comfort. We never accepted it. We just brushed it off, ignored it, or maybe never even sought it out. And so sometimes we just need to relax and allow the comforting words or, or, or the, the comforting words and presence to minister to us, to build us and encourage us back up, back up and then verbally accept it. Like, man, thanks for, for encouraging me. Thanks for being there for me. Thanks for trying to comfort me today or giving me the comfort that you have. So, so that's how we deal with our hurt. We want to experience comfort, and, but we need to recognize when we're hurt. We need to share that out loud with somebody or with God. Um, and we need to receive that antidote, which is comfort, which is comfort. And so, um, there's, again, we talked last week, there's two keys dealing with emotion. Expressing it, and that's kind of what that is. In order to receive comfort, you must express it. But also dealing with other people's emotions, we need to respond. And so that's kind of the next thing. How do we respond to other people's hurts? Well, comfort. That's how you respond is comfort. Again, it's real simple. Whenever you're experiencing hurt, the antidote to hurt is always comfort. Comforting. Experiencing comfort. Giving comfort. So how do we give that comfort? Well, first of all, we can only give true comfort if we receive true comfort. Again, that kind of goes, goes back to being close to the source. You know, blessed be the God of Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that who God comforts us so that we can comfort others. If we're not standing near God's comfort, our comfort is going to be a knockoff. It's going to be a little less. It's not going to, man, step up to the level that God has his comfort at. Um, And so we want to be under his source. And so we're called to pass on that comfort with the comfort that he provides us. Um, And so uh, a couple things here. If possible, in order to comfort somebody else, enter their physical world. That means be present in their life. If somebody's struggling with something, you know, uh, uh, Connor was telling me that he's here for a funeral that's why we do funerals is so that we can be physically present and have people be physically present and, and comfort us just by their presence. And so, man, how can you show up in your friends' lives, in each other's lives, and in everybody's, and, and, and be present, 
because sometimes the best kind of comfort comes from just somebody being there. They don't have to say anything. But they, they were there to support you. But if you can't be there physically, enter their world emotionally. Enter their emotional world um, with empathy is what that says. Their emotional world with empathy. The key to responding to someone else's emotion, as we discussed last, last week, is empathy. It's connecting what you feel to what they feel and, and letting what they're feeling man, come hit you. And sometimes that hurts a little bit, but that's how you get to some feelings to activate is by experiencing some of their hurt. It's a sign. It shows you that something needs to be done here, that we need comfort. I need to help this person comfort. Man, I, I forgot... And I don't, ha- I don't know why I'm looking around. It's in my office. There's this quote, and I'm going to butcher it. But it, there's this little girl. She's walking home from school, um, and she's late. So her mom's like, man, why are you late? And the girl's like, well, I stopped because my friend was crying. And so they're like, my mo- the, her mom was like, um, oh, so you stopped to help her stop crying? Um, and the girl's like, no, I stopped to cry with her. Um, I stopped to help her cry more. You know, that's what comfort is all about. It's not trying to fix something, and I'm going to explain that a little bit further in a second, but it's about just being in that moment. That's what the empathy is. So enter their world um, with, with empathy. Listen more, talk less. We can mess up a lot of things with our words. I was talking to one of my old professors, and he's like, you know, one, one of the coolest things about the Bible one of the reasons it's been able to withstand time and, and every attack that's been thrown at it is because it's been able to withstand so many bad sermons. There's lots of people, and I know I've had my own bad sermons, that have butchered the text of Scripture, but it's able to withstand that. And so, man, maybe we should listen more, not let our words mess things up. Because when we listen, we learn. And when we learn, we're able to learn about what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, kind of where they're at, their circumstance, and, and maybe some things that they haven't seen or, or understood yet. Um, and so when it comes time to responding with maybe, hey, here's how you can fix that, you'll be ready because you heard. But before that, you have to comfort them. So enter their emotional world. Um, again, some of the best comforting comes from silence. So empathize, connect, identify, feel it as well. And then from that point, you respond to their world with comfort. So you've put yourself in that place. You're with that person. You've listened. You understand. Now it's time to respond. It's, it's time to give comfort. When the time comes, offer words of comfort accompanied by gentle affection. Avoid logic avoid uh, a pep talk, avoid advice, avoid minimizing the issue, avoid getting angry with them or at them, avoid making it about you and your issues, avoid trying to fix it or to spiritualize it. And, And all that can be good and it can be necessary, but it's always secondary. Comfort must come first. If I walk in and you're crying or you're upset or something happened and I just start trying to correct the issue, you've experienced no comfort from me. You just hear this guy talking down to you saying, get yourself together, fix this. No, that's, that's not where we start. We must start with comfort and then we can go into some of those other things. We start with comfort and you do this by three things. You want to communicate care is the first one. To comfort somebody, you must show that you care. Let them know that you're there. Man, I'm so sorry that you're in this place. 
It hurts me that you're hurting like this. Man, I love you. And I want you to know that. That regardless of what you're feeling, I, I, I love you and I'm, I, I care for you. Communicate care. Then communicate concern. Connect, identify. Again, that empathy thing. Identify their pain and say, man, I'm so sorry that you're feeling rejected. Or I'm, I'm hurt. It hurts me that you were embarrassed like that. Man. Or, or do you know that I love you no matter how much guilt you're feeling right now? Communicate concern. Communicate care. And then communicate commitment. Walk in that comfort with this person. Let's, let's figure this out together. I want you to know that you're not alone in this. How? How can I? Ask the question, how can I help? with what you're dealing with. Just be willing just to be present in that experience, in that circumstance. But comfort must come first before trying to fix it and walk in that together. So be present physically if possible. Emotionally be present um, through empathy. And then through appropriate words and actions of care, concern, and commitment, man, comfort one another. And comforting never stops. You might be experiencing something big. You, you know, Connor, we were talking about this funeral. Somebody lost somebody in their life. They're going to need a lot of comfort. It's not a, hey, you know, I'm sorry you lost your, your, your person in your life. Okay, I'm done. No, they're going to need a whole lot, a continuous comfort for a long, long time. And that's okay because we have a source that never runs out. We come to this miracle of Matthew 5, 4. You know, we have this, this equation here. I'm apparently on a math kick the last two weeks. Um, but when people are hurt, when they're mourning, when they're struggling, and you're able to show them the comfort of Christ, add that comfort in, y'all both walk away feeling blessed. Y'all both walk away encouraged, uplifted, and and in a place where you can start experiencing positive emotions. If you've ever sat down with me, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at comforting. I've messed up a lot. There was one time I was sitting with somebody, and they're like, will you just stop talking? I'm like, oh, really? And they, they went on to explain, like, yeah, you're bad at that. You talk too much. Just listen. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. Um, but one of the things, one of my strategies, for better or for worse, is my goal is to make you laugh. Because as soon as you experience a little bit of laughter, man, Scripture talks about how laughter is, is a medicine for the heart, a medicine for the soul. And you want to do humor right, not wrong. Is that what you were going to ask? Yeah. yeah. There is wrong humor, crude humor. Scripture talks about how that's uh, unacceptable. Uh, but, man, look for ways where you can connect uh, emotionally, empathize, and then, man, as, as opportunity presents, man, bring in some positive emotion, some love, some joy, some peace um, into this equation. That's part of comfort. And so anyway, this miracle of, of uh, Matthew 5, 4, it's as simple as that. Bring comfort into somebody else's life and accept comfort in your own. I want to end with one scripture just because when I read it, I was like, man, that's what, it sound, that's what comfort sounds like. It said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water. It sends out its roots by the stream, and it doesn't fear when the heat comes, 
for its leaves remain green. And it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Doesn't that sound like comfort to you? Being in a place, being so close and connected to the source, that even when the hurt comes, you've learned to, man, fill up with what the source is offering, this comfort, to get rid of that bad stuff, those painful emotions, and and keep living. That even when the heat or the drought comes, it is well. Things are well. And so we're going to end with a, a song, It Is Well, with my soul. Um, and, and as these guys are coming up, you know, the, the, the writer of the song, I was reading about it because I was trying to figure out um, what scripture they got this from. And I couldn't find one specific one. That's how I found this, this passage. But the writer of the song was a long time ago, back before they had TVs and motors and stuff. But um, they're on this boat, ship ride. Um, and his whole family was on the ship. I think he was waiting for him, But the, the ship got shipwrecked. It crashed. And I think he lost four of his kids. Four of his kids. Three or four. I can't remember. I'm a great storyteller, right? Um, four. Yeah, all, all of his kids. All of his daughters, I think. Um, he lost everybody. And so he got on the boat, another, another boat, made the trek across the Atlantic, caught up with his wife, and they mourned together. They mourned the loss of their children, their family. But as he was on uh, the ship, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it works, he wrote this song. It is well with my soul. That even when the, the rivers are flowing with happiness, man, things are well. Comfort is there. Peace is there. But when the sea gets crazy, when it billows over, when it gets chaotic and hurt starts coming into my life, it is well. Why? Because he was connected to the source, the source of all comfort. And so today, just remember, comfort is the key to hurt. But Jesus is the key to comfort. And maybe examine kind of where you stand with him today um, as we sing this last song. So Father God, may we just take a moment to be emotionally real with you to connect with you. May we express what we're feeling, what we're going through to you, even if it hurts. Because God, you've taught us through your word and and through your creation that when we do these things, when we share it, we recognize it and and we, we accept what you offer. Man, there's relief. There's a blessing. And God, you even make it possible for us to help others and navigate this trench, this canyon, this ravine of emotional mess. God, help us to connect, to empathize, to to understand a little bit more of what Jesus experienced. And the reason he experienced that suffering was one, so that he could connect with us and having gone through it himself he would be able to help us through it but he also experienced it so that he could offer peace everlasting
comfort that reigns forever. Man, a wellness, a goodness that can't be put out by anything. So God, as we continue to dive into our emotional cup, into our emotional capacity for all emotions, help us to learn a little bit more about what it means to to get rid of the bad ones, the painful ones, and to fill up from you the source with all of your goodness, all 23 flavors of it. So God, we just thank you for what you've done through the cross of the grave, through your life, through your death. And to you be all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the worship, all the majesty. Everything is yours. Amen.